I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my business partner, colleague, and friend, Mr. Nick Hodge, who aside from being my business partner, colleague, and friend, also happens to be an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 216th episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. We'll talk markets. We'll talk about the checks we're writing. We're going to talk about Jerome Powell being pranked by Russian pranksters. We're going to talk about the markets. Everything is awesome again, apparently. Down is the new up. Um, we're going to talk about how some of these companies are beating earnings. But before we get into all of that, how are you today, Mr. Nick Hodge? A lot going on out there. A lot of it's funny. I've I've had one of uh, my most um, comedic days today, and it's usually me providing the, the, the levity and the humor and Today, I've been pleasantly surprised by um, all sorts of people on Twitter and comments and all over the place. I've been laughing all day. So how are you doing? I see a smile on your face. Well, good. I'm glad you could get some comedy relief. But the, things are good. The weather's warming up here in the Pacific Northwest. We had 70 degrees for the first time. Um, we've got some chicks that are hatching. My kids and wife have had fun with that. We got them in the little incubator. They were popping out this morning and uh, things are going good. Uh, we'll talk about the markets. Um, I'm not sure everything is awesome quite yet, but you wouldn't expect anything else from me, I don't think. No, and, and it's summer dress season, right? I, I sent a group message to all my lady friends in the group chat. I said, it's summer dress season, ladies. Act accordingly. <laughs> they didn't think it was that funny, but well, a couple of them did. The ones that have summer dresses and like to flaunt them. But anyhow, yeah, let's, the let's, get, let's get into the markets. Um, look, Meta shares are up 170% in five months, right? And they've done this somehow, and I know the how, it's a rhetorical question, right? I'm going to softball it to you. They've done this with zero revenue growth. So I pose the question to you, Mr. Hodge, in a recession, which I believe that we're in, in a deflationary contraction, which, uh, yeah, I mean, the Fed is trying to force it, right? A little bit at a time. How do you achieve 170% re-rating in the market in five months? With zero revenue growth. Oh, I'm not sure how much of a softball that is. I guess first I would, first I would point out that they're still down 40% from their <laughs> peak of uh, 2022 and when, when things started um, going south. So there's that. But um, I'm not sure the answer you're looking for. I mean, it could be a combination of buybacks, uh, setting low expectations um, that you're then able to beat uh, or a function of um, you know, uh, the the NASDAQ catching a bid in this ongoing bear market rally that we've seen. But nonetheless, shares are still down and you would have had it caught the absolute bottom to to get that bump up that you mentioned. What is the what is the reason you're looking for? Layoffs. Layoffs. They've uh, been laying people off for the last six months. They saw this contraction coming. They saw the recession coming. They saw softness in the market coming and they did two things, right? They did it well. I mean, kudos to them for 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 executing on behalf of their shareholders, not so much on behalf of their employees. But, you know, they started laying people off about five or six months ago pretty aggressively, and they simultaneously initiated some buybacks. And so I think that speaks to the fact that everything isn't awesome, right? The market in general, and then the market's not the economy, but the economy definitely isn't awesome. And the market, I agree with you, everything isn't awesome in the market. We still have another quarter or two, I think, of pressure on earnings and growth. We still have, I think, another hike or two in the wings. Lyft just cut 1,072 employees. That translates to 26% of its workforce gone 
it's the layoffs, folks. And so it's, you know, the, 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 the smoke screen that is a stronger quarter than what the market expected was only able to be achieved by firing people, people that now hopefully got some severance packages um, and then, and, and, you know, have a couple of months bridge to find their next gig. But, you know, that has very real world implications in terms of the housing market and local economies. And again, it's not a one off. Lyft's doing it. A lot of companies are doing it. That's why some of these earnings are coming out the way they're coming out. And again, the market thinks everything is awesome. I think a couple of days of gains does not make a market, right? No, I, I think you still have a, a, a lot of air to let out. Um, those layoffs from it is what's going to lead the the Fed to pivot here. And in a couple of months, you are going to get another a quarter point hike, likely the the day the this podcast comes out of the day after that meeting is, um, what is it, May 2nd, I guess it is, um, or May 3rd. And um, yeah, there's, um, you know, it's like the, the dot-com crisis took a, took a while to play out with the, with the, the tech names and um, that's sort of what you're seeing now. And the other thing I should have mentioned in my answer to you is AI. Everybody's got an AI thing now, right? That I think it was mentioned a couple of hundred times between the uh, Microsoft and 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 Google uh, earnings calls, right? It's just even the Elon Musk has got is working on AI now. They're yep. all talking about it on their um, earnings calls. Uh, that's the new buzzword to get the, uh, a bid in your price, but. No, look, uh, GDP came out today. It's it's clearly decelerating. It was 2.6% uh, in Q4. The number came out for Q1 and 1.1%. Um, I think you get sequential down uh, reading in the, in the quarter that we're currently in once that comes out uh, in a couple of months. And um, no, we're not out of the out of the woods yet by any means. And, and we got this pesky debt crisis, which I see more and more people are, are starting to talk about. It's really interesting how the, um, the, the treasury is, is running low on funds and the, uh, the, the credit default swaps, the US CDS is, is rising, right? And, and you've explained that well in the past episodes about how, you know, that's insurance for potential default. Well, um, people, uh, the market, I guess I should say is, is seeing the potential for a default, not. Um, a big default, like a, a default in, sure. the, in the grand sense of things, but a short-term default um, uh, in the in the T-bill market, right? And so, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff still to, to work through with the company. And, and that, that's moved up, by the way, because tax re- tax receipts were, were less. You know, people didn't make as much money last year. Um, and so what was going to be a debt fight um, in, in in June or July, now now it could be you know May or June as the as those funds run even lower. So yeah, lots of stuff to to keep your eye on. Certainly not out of the bear woods yet. Not out of the bear woods. I tell you what, I do think is out of the bear woods. I think gold and silver are out of the bear woods. Every week, I see stickier price action. I see narrowing ranges. I see narrowing trading ranges that are edging towards. The highs, right? The highs being now 2000 for gold and 25 for silver. I see a 2 3% range there um, that, that, that on pullbacks, you're not seeing that broken too often. Definitely not seeing that um, on a closing basis. You may see it intraday, but um, resilient gold prices, resilient silver prices. Looks like a coiled spring to me. Thoughts on that market? Not a lot to add there. Gold is no. bullish. Um, buy it when it goes to 1980 and um, sell a little bit when it goes to to 2000. It's going to take a it needs a monthly close above that 2000 level. So uh, we're getting to the end of the month here. We'll see what the next couple of days bring. 
um, you know, once it goes, th- once it goes through that, means to get to the um, 2080, 2089 level, whenever that last high was, um, and, and punch through that. But is is firmly bullish. Uh, the dollar has weakened. The long term bond yields have have weakened, um, adding tailwinds to gold, and then um, you know, gold is sniffing out the ultimate uh, <laughs> pauls pauls and hikes. Right, that that's going to come. Um, so things are very bullish for gold, which obviously doesn't have. Uh, counterparty risk, and uh, again, I'd mentioned the, the debt ceiling as a, a potential catalyst for additional flight to safety. So, um, uh, pretty bullish on 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 gold, and have been buying. Uh, gosh, I've been buying. I've been have been even buying leveraged funds. I've been adding to my positions that are that that are down. You know, the revival golds of the world. Yep. Uh, have made They're... new recent recommendations, both in foundational profits and. Um, in Hodge family office, um, established miners and miners that are that are currently building mines, you know, catching that part of the Lausanne curve where they where they do construction and and, yep. and end the production. So no, well, lots of like about gold. And, uh, you know, uh, consolidation continuing, right? I mean, you've you've got uh, the Newmont and Newcrest thing. Um, yeah. There's going to be additional buyouts in in the months ahead. I'm convinced. I absolutely agree with you. Two other um, markets that I like, the lithium and the uranium space. Let me start with uranium. We're seeing an uptick in the spot price again. I, I saw some 5350 prits. Despite that, I am not seeing the equities quite yet catching a bid. I love that disconnect for contrarians out there that want to speculate in the uranium space and want to catch what I think is going to be a violent bull run higher. Um a lot of these equities are priced really attractively. The Labrador Uraniums of the world. I really like Sky Harbor Resources. Look, Jordan Trimble and that team have done a wonderful job of vending in projects, joint venturing them out, having a couple of co-flagships, getting cash payments and stock payments from a lot of these partners that are funding exploration. A lot of shots on goal for major potential discoveries in the uranium space. And look, in the uranium market that I foresee coming, Everything's going to go higher. Uh, the Sky Harbors of the world will catch a premium compared to everyone else because of the asset base and because of the cash position and everything that goes along with actually working during a bear market, which again, that team should be commended for. But any thoughts on the uranium space? Spot price ticking up? Equities not really catching a bid yet? What do you say? There's some blue sky harbor? Is that what you're saying? Boom, boom, boom. Uh, 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 look, it's like the angst that my kids have been watching for the past couple of weeks, right? Like, when's it going to hatch? When, when are these eggs going to hatch, right? Are they going to yep. hatch? They just check them all the time. It's the, you know, it's this similar. I was writing that today about the uh, these commodity stocks, right? It's like you can't poke them with a stick and make them go up and, you know, watch in the incubator for, for a couple of hours a day isn't going to make them hatch, right? They're, they're going to hatch when, when they hatch. And, um, you know, no one can say what that catalyst will be. Everyone can can recite the the fundamentals. We all know they're bullish. We all know the ambient conditions are right for those eggs to hatch. We know they're fertilized. Uh, we're just waiting for the uh, the little beaks to peck through the the shell there, and um, that's that's where we are with with uranium. It's no secret. I've I've been a buyer. I've been a recommender of um, uranium stocks, and uh, when it happens, uh, it'll happen. Some of these companies. I need to get the rocks to cooperate uh, yeah. while they're while they're doing the work, um, but but nonetheless they're they're very cheap. The the denizens of the world, the energy fuels of the world, and um, it's worth uh, maintaining and, and adding to your positions at, at current levels. 
Um, the lithium spot price, which again, I don't put a lot of emphasis on. I look at contract pricing and I was actually looking at some of the Alchem results and some of the uh, results from another company and, and Pilbara. And when, it, when I look at the results, the quarterly pricing for uh, Spodumene wasn't down, you know, the 70% or what have you that the spot price was down, right? It was down something like 16% with prices still very, very robust and margins still being very robust. But if you are looking at the spot price for a sign of a bottom, we did get our first uh -huh. daily increase in that spot price coming out of China in I think something like five weeks or something like that. So actually, no, let me take that back. I think it was five months. So a good sign there. I think we're bottoming there. Again, if we're into something like Patriot Battery Metals, the spot price to date is really insignificant. And again, I think the demand is going to overwhelm the supply that comes online here for the next several years. So I think it's a blip. I think it's a pullback. I think companies like Patriot that haven't made new all-time highs because of sector consolidation are a gift right now. And if I was looking for lithium exposure, now would be the time to get that done. I think we're going to come out of that sector-wide funk here pretty quickly. It's worth mentioning Chile for a second. I mean, um, we had news out of Chile, I think, two weeks ago uh, now that they're looking to nationalize projects going forward. Um, I, I put that in quotes because, um, <laughs> you know, they've done this before with, with copper. They have their, their, their state-owned copper company, but it's not nationalized per se. Um, and they're saying, you know, ex ex existing projects are going to continue as is, but um, I, I took the opportunity to buy a little Albemarle, actually. But smart. Uh, what it means for the um, the broader sector is that jurisdiction is important, right? Um, and, and that would point to, to to things like Australia, the U.S., and and certainly Canada, and particularly at Quebec, where we've seen uh, all these new uh, well, not all these new, but new discoveries <laughs> and and projects coming online with the uh, Sionas of the world, and obviously the Patriot Battery uh, Metals of the world, and uh, these governments are content to, to continue to throw money at it. You, you saw um, uh, Ottawa uh, last week or the week before yep. give, uh, I think it was 13, 13 billion, was it $13 billion? Yeah. Um, to, to aid, uh, you know, the, the establishment of, of, of battery manufacturing there. And um, that trend's not going away. So um, we've been saying that this pullback in the, in the spot price was uh, a short-term thing, that that structural deficit, the amount of lithium mines that need to come online in the, in the coming years isn't going away. And then, and the amount of time it takes, uh, to bring those mines online, um, necessitates that, you know, new discoveries have to be made and, and they're going to be valued accordingly. Yeah. And, and, and just to be clear, um, Q3 for Pilbara, the statistic was quarter on quarter, um, average estimated realized spodumene concentrate price down 15%. So this is, this is uh -huh. recent recent data, right? I'm not, I'm not, you know, pick, picking something from six months ago or nine months ago. This is, this is quarter on quarter data. So no, look, uh, again, I uh, hate to beat a dead horse, but you guys know where to go for their lithium exposure. You have a lot, a lot of very quality producers, developers, and explorers that I think have been, uh, beaten down unfairly. And I think you're going to come back robustly. We we have to talk uh, Germany because I, I I mentioned uranium. It closed its last nuclear plant um, here recently. Germany just dodged um, a frozen winter, right? Mother Nature was kind and things didn't freeze, and as a result, um, Germany was able to 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 get through this last winter. There were real fears going into last winter that it it could have been catastrophic, right? 
How short-sighted, again, another softball rhetorical question, how short-sighted does a government have to be to decide it's going to shut down its last nuclear power plant when, when, when their own internal estimates tell them they're not going to have enough energy and they're for still the populace. Burning coal, and, and they're still burning coal. Um, you know, <laughs> it's these, unreal. it doesn't make any sense when you stack it up next to each other, why you would shut down a, a, a clean source of, of baseload energy, um, low risk, I should say, you know, uh, sure. There's the, the specter of, a you know, some accident with the plant or something like that, but that, um, has been proven over time to be the safest. A form of of, of baseload electricity that the humans yeah. can produce. Why you would trade that minimal, minuscule risk for a continued emission of that comes with continuing to burn uh, coal is uh, beyond me. And and a lot of people have said that it doesn't make sense um, why you would do that. You're not going to be able to hit your um, climate targets, and you put your country at uh, risk of of uh, brownouts and blackouts and uh, much higher prices. I should add, by the way, I mean they. they they saw you now the prices for electricity increase in and in, in Germany commensurate with them doing that. So, um, you know, those plants are are still in in good condition. They can they can be restarted. And um, if I were a betting man, I would say that you know in the next couple of years you see Germany forced to to return to nuclear generation. Yeah, I I honestly don't even think that um, it's 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 going to take that long. If we're being honest, not because. You know, they, they, they want to because they're going to have to, right? And and I highlight that example of just the incompetency of our political class and, and our policymakers. And we've talked about fourth turnings in the past and how our institutions need to really, I hate to use the term burn down because somebody accused me of inciting an insurrection, but they need to be restructured. Let me call it that, right? Need to be restructured. And uh, again, I've been chuckling all day, but I did you read the story? about Chairman Powell getting on the phone thinking he was speaking to President Zelensky from Ukraine and briefing him on the rate hikes and the potential negative implications on the U.S. economy and around the world. And it turns out it was just these two Russian pranksters. And look, there's a video of this posted online. Um, <laughs> I hope they rickrolled him. I hope they started playing that we're going to give you up. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, here's what Chairman Powell's spokesperson said. It was a friendly conversation that took place in a context of our standing in support of the Ukrainian people in this challenging time. No sense that confidential information was discussed. Um, how lax? I mean, like, how lax do your internal security measures have to be for two Russian Frankster's, right? To get your phone number, get through, not just to somebody from the Fed, you're talking to the guy, right? Like, you're talking to Chairman Powell. Um, and then how fucking stupid do you have to be to be on the phone with these guys and not pick up the fact that it's not uh, President Zelensky? It's it's absolute bonkers to me. Um, I was in stitches just laughing at the stupidity of it. And then again, where my brain goes is, well, man, if these are the people making policy for us, wow. and these are the institutions that should be safeguarding, you know, policymakers and then the flow of data. And we can talk about, you know, the mole in the U.S. that was just arrested here and all of the stuff that he was able to publish online. And he was like some low level National Guard kid. He wasn't even like a high level hacker that had super access to clearance and, 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 and other, 
you know, security clearances. So again, the people that are running the show folks are not the brightest bulbs in the box. And look, I don't pretend to be, but I'm not running the country and making monetary policy for, for a country and, and, and frankly for the world. And so it, 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 it's funny, but it's scary all at the same time. I mean, you know, same people who, um, said it was the inflation was transitory. Save people who uh, kept interest rates at zero for so long that they paid themselves into a corner, right? I mean, yeah. Buddy, more, more, more stupidity. Um, U.S., again, our priorities, right? U.S. long jumper, Tara Davis Woodhall, um, who won a national indoor title, was hit with a one-month suspension and stripped of her title because she came up positive for cannabis, as if cannabis is what's going to help the long jumper gain that unfair competitive advantage. I mean, if anything, they should be thanking her that she is on cannabis. If that's what the if that's what it was, right? Assuming it wasn't something that was ingested in some other form, whatever the case may be. Like, really, you test positive for THC and you lose your national title? That's insane in me in 2023. Especially given how many states it's. Uh, legal in uh, how long it's been uh, legal for, and and the ongoing movement in in the, that direction to decriminalize or outright make legal cannabis. Um, it's certainly not a performance and enhancing drug, at least uh, uh, in not my for long jumping. Right, exactly. But <laughs> uh, you could train the sex might be better, but it's not. It's not performance enhancing for long jumping. <laughs> I'll take the opportunity. Yeah, I'll take the. That's just ridiculous. But I'll take the opportunity to talk about cannabis for a moment because um, those stocks are really, really cheap, and uh, it's like you sort of like uranium. You know, I'm not sure what the catalyst is. Well, I know what the catalyst is going to be. It's going to be some sort of um, government acceptance, whether that's you know a, a bill that allows for interstate commerce or. Uh, clears the regulatory framework for 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 banking for these that's um, the one that's for, key. for you for u.s cannabis or an outright you know uh federal legalization which biden says he's not going to do uh, maybe he'll run on that for his uh new term which he he just announced he's running for um but the you think he still are, remembers he's running for it oh god it's a god, what a shit show um <laughs> it, it, it's it's incredibly cheap. Like the the MSOS ETF is down something like uh, eighty or eighty five or ninety percent from from the highs it made when, um, uh, well from from the highs it made after after legalization in Canada and um the the cannabis itself is exceedingly cheap. Here in Washington State, you can buy a gram of marijuana for three dollars. A gram of marijuana for three dollars. I mean, when I was in high school and college, a gram of marijuana was twenty dollars, right? And so, yeah, eights were forty um, bucks, quarters were eighty. That's what I heard. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and and these uh, producers can't can't unload it, right? Like, there's surpluses in so many states. I was reading, like in California the other day, there's such a surplus that it's sort of, um, you know. Uh, common knowledge that these producers are selling it out the back door into the black market because they can't export it to other states because of the, the interstate commerce laws. Yep. And so um, anyway, if you're if you're a speculator with a, a long-term time frame and, and you can afford to, to watch those eggs not hatch for a little bit, it's worth um, taking a look at some of those cannabis positions. You know, I, I maintain a position in, in the cannabis ETF and um, uh, an explorer and 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 one other larger company that that's involved in, in marijuana because 
um, you know, at, at some point that that sector is going to to turn around, and, and I don't want to miss it when it does. Are there names that you would not recommend, but maybe encourage people to do some due diligence on at current levels? Oh well, um, now that you ask, I just wrote an article on on Daily Profit Cycle a couple yep. of weeks ago about getting started investing in cannabis. The easiest thing to do is is to take a look at the um, the cannabis ETFs and see what their largest holdings are. You know, that's one of my favorite strategies. And then you know, buy some of those individual companies. That way, you're not paying the management fee of the of the uh, ETF. Yeah. Um, larger companies like, um, I mean, Tilray, for example, or Innovative Industrial Properties um, uh, are two that, that that you could take a look at. And then um, I own a company called Forefront Ventures um, that, that's probably worth uh, taking a look at as well. And there's three free names for you. Well, there you go. So we've talked Revival Gold. We've talked Aldebaran. Those are gold and copper gold names, respectively. You have three free cannabis names. What else are you watching in the market this week? Well, we're going to see uh, what the Fed has to say um, when when they meet next week. But this week, when you're watching this, um, they're going to hike a, a, another quarter point. Uh, I'm looking at those ranges in gold, like we mentioned earlier, yep. uh, continuing to buy when when gold is cheap as it uh, has been, and then uh, looking for a bit of return of volatility. You know, the market was was subdued for for so long that um, uh, that. VIX got down to to a a, a sixteen handle, and um, I've had some success in my you know uh, personal account recently trading some some VIX funds. Uh, might get confident enough to make a, a public recommendation for that, but certainly keep an eye on volatility. It's been it's been too low for too long, and then um, one thing we haven't mentioned is, is copper, which I told you could get comfortable with a three handle, um, and lo and behold, and that's a function of um, you know this slowing growth, right? Yep. Uh, GDP decelerated. You know, I know the market was. We're recording this on Thursday, April twenty seventh. The uh, Dow was up, you know, over five hundred points on the back of a decelerating GDP number. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why. I don't know if they up is down, think, left is right. You know, yeah. I don't know if they think that means the Fed is not going to increase, or I'm not sure why the stocks went up like that. Uh, but the the commodities, uh, copper and oil, which I've been talking about, are telling you that it's not time to to get back to economic growth yet, and so um, starting to get more serious about you know looking at additional copper plays because you want to use this period over the coming couple of quarters again broken record to to establish those positions because copper is not going to be below four dollars forever certainly. Yep. Uh, here's everyone's. I couldn't agree more. By the way, here's everyone's Patriot Battery Metals update. Blair. You've made a lot of us life-changing money. We love you. You and the team have done everything brilliantly. I'm echoing the sentiments of my subscribers, family, and friends. Can you please give us some drill results? <laughs> give us a hole. Give us two holes. We don't need the 60-something holes that we know are Can back there. Let me get Can we just one? get one? Let me get, to get some of that spodumene stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I kid, Blair. I kid. Listen, folks. Here's your here's your update. I sent it to subscribers already, so I'll, I'll I'll give you the update really quick. This is simple. This is the same thing that happened last month. This is what happens when you have assays from an ultra high grade zone, and 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 you have to keep reassaying. You have to send it back. You do one percent. It's above that. You send it back. It's two percent. You send it back. These are good problems to have. The fact that I think that we're gonna have multiple holes with you know, over limit um, 
percentage on the lithium side, grade-wise, is a phenomenal problem to have. We're not going to make all-time highs every month. That record was broken last month. Have a few days left in April. We probably don't do it this month. Who cares? Just sit back and enjoy the ride, everybody. There's something like $60 million in the Treasury. I think, you know, by the by the time y'all see this, they had already drilled something like another 40 or 50 holes on top of the 27 that were in the lab before that. So it's going to be a fun end of spring, a fun summer. We have a maiden resource estimate that should come out, I want to say in June, if I'm not mistaken, late June. You know, I don't think that comes in, you know, anything lower than 140, 150, 140, 150 million tons. Um, and that's just because I think they cut off the drilling for that estimate. Um, I think it was mentioned that they did that likely a couple of weeks ago. And so obviously they've kept on drilling and obviously there's a whole heck of a lot more than that there. But, you know, I think that resource estimate comes in right around that range. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, I saw I saw a, 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 an analyst earlier had a target for 90 million tons at 1.35% lithium. And that assigned the company and the analyst's opinion, a $17 a share valuation. I think, uh, the tonnage is going to be much higher, and I think that valuation is going much higher as well. And then, look, we have a lot of macro um, macro catalysts that I think will materialize soon. I think sooner or later, and I think sooner, one of these offers and bids for takeovers will finally be consummated, right? I think I think the majors that are looking to come in and make the $3.7 billion offers, the $5 billion offers, I think they're starting to realize that's just not going to cut it. You're going to have to write a bigger check, baby. That's just the bottom line, right? That's the environment we're in. Even during a consolidation in the lithium sector, all it takes is for a couple of those to start getting taken off the board. And that makes something like a Patriot that much more valuable because there's just not going to be anything of that scale. I was looking at the MinRes results and it, you know, it got whacked some 10% the other day and in part because of their costs increasing. And the reason their costs were increasing is because the lithium, lithium spodumene, the, the, the mineralogy was dirtier due to some of the chemicals that are in that. So some of the minerals that are in there that, you know, you, you have to spend more time to process. Corvette thus far has zero problems with that. It is the cleanest, cheapest lithium spodumene you can extract. And look, when you start having issues with the mineralogy, with how expensive it is to extract the rest of your deposit, and or deposits, you're going to start looking around. And don't forget that Minres is the company um, that there was an article about stating that it wanted to take a big stake in Patriot Battery Metals and, you know, eventually make a run at it. So a lot can happen on the macro catalyst side, not to mention the assays that are pending, not to mention all the other work that's going on. It's a lot to like. Just sit back and relax, folks, and watch the ride. It's a fun one. These don't come along um, very often. Enjoy the gains. Be happy. Smile. Enjoy the sunshine. It's sundress season. And look forward to the next results. <laughs> it's also turkey season. So turkey, sundresses, whatever your fits it. Hey, you, you can like both. No shame in that. <laughs> I'm supposed to remind all of you to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to never miss out on our updates, rantings, ravings, or market commentary. Mr. Hodge, I think that was a good one. Cannabis names. Revival Gold is cheap. Aldebaran is cheap. Patriot, yes, Patriot is cheap. Uh, Sky Harbor's cheap. Labrador is cheap. It's a lot of freebies for a podcast that, um, you know, you don't pay anything for. Cheap, cheap. We got Hatch and Chicks for sure. And don't forget to buy uh, your mother a gift because it's Mother's Day very soon. 
do that. Get that done. Um, I'm Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was our weekly therapy session number 216 that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Nick, send us off. See you later. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one and share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.